Okay, everyone, welcome back. I'm sorry that I missed you yesterday, um, but it's great to be here. I uh, I just want to thank our sponsor today, um, who we're not going to mention by name, but um, generously sponsored in memory, not memory, dedicated to everybody's efforts on behalf of Klal Yisrael um, in all the good ways that we are are uh, are working hard to be there for each other and for our soldiers and um, in general for for Amistral, really from around the world. So thank you very much, um, and I'm really excited to be here with Rav Gidon Schneider. And um, with that, I'll just turn things over to him. Obviously, if you have questions, I'm always available. And um, and enjoy. Okay. Thank you very much. So just to uh, recap, maybe a little bit what we spoke about yesterday, so we can build on that going forward. Yesterday we started to sketch out this whole topic of tefillah-based sarah davening in a time of crisis, and we presented what was, I think, if you speak to the outside world and they discuss this topic, they would call it the machlokas between the Rambam and the Ramban uh, in terms of the nature of tefillah. Is tefillah something which is a daily obligation no matter what, as the Raman says, or is tefillah a mitzvah that only comes about on a derisa level because of an isara, because of some crisis as we find ourselves in today? What I'd like to do, if you look in source number one in these pages, is just to reread the um, Ramban to, to get a little context, and then we're going to try and and, and develop this further. So the Ramban, in arguing with the Rambam in terms of the nature of the mitzvah tefillah, says, If we hold that there is such a thing as a tefillah, as a concept of tefillah on a, on a derais level, says the Ramban, that it, it would be a mitzvah for during a tzara. Now what the Ramban then goes on to say, actually, well, We'll, we'll hold off on the continuation of the Ramban. I just want to point out two things within the Rambam, and then we'll come back to that. The Rambam, in source number two, the Rambam, one of the things that is great about the Rambam is his supreme organization. The Rambam took the entirety, totality of Tarshvapet, and he was able to break it down into its component parts and give labels to it. This is Sefer Shabbos, this is Sefer Siyantis, this is Sefer Skanika, and then he further subdivides it into into trakim, into halachas, it really lends itself to uh, a lot of analysis because just simply based on the organization. <clears throat> but at the beginning of each section of halachas, the Ramam gives you what's called the kuteret. He gives you the, the, the overview of what mitzvahs on a Darius level are going to be discussed here. So the Ramam says in source number two, in his introduction to Hilchas Tanios, fast, he says, Mitzah se achas. There's one mitzvah going to be discussed on a direct level in all the halachas of, of Tanios, which is, that that is to cry out to Hashem whenever we find ourselves in a terrible situation, that it shouldn't befall, befall upon Kalos. The Ramam similarly, in source number three, echoes this point in his first halach of, of Hilchus Taniyos. He says, There's a mitzvah midaraisa. Lizo ulhariya b'chatsoyser is to cry at Hashem and to blow trumpets al-kotzara shetavala al-tzibro for any crisis that befalls 
the tzibur. She never the passing parshvalos that says, whatever tsara, whatever trouble befalls us, and you should you should do a trua, you should blow the chatzosis, the trumpets. What does that mean? Whatever happens to you, whatever would be like these terrible tragedies, you should cry out to Hashem and you should do hariri, you should do trua, you should blow the trumpet. Now, there is a question discussed by the Mangabram on the side of Surah which is not a topic <coughs> for this uh, session, uh, which is, why are we not blowing trumpets nowadays? If we find ourselves in an Easter, if we find ourselves in such a tragic and crisis uh, mode, why, why don't we blow trumpets? That's a good question that's discussed in the Mangabram and others, but not for our, us right now. And I'm, I'm acknowledging the question, but not, not uh, for us. The reason I want to mention these two Rambams is because what, what emerges from the Rambam is that the divide between the, what the Ramban thinks and what the Rambam thinks is really not so great. If you recall yesterday, we pointed out that Rosh said it explicitly and Pincus interpreted the Rosh actions in the same way, that really everybody holds that Tfila, the obligation to Davin, is generated based on an East Sara, on Christ. The only question is, what type of crisis necessitates that? Is it an external crisis? I think that's the word, the, the term or salvation gave, which would be what we find ourselves in today. Or is it an existential crisis, an internal crisis, which, which would be also what we find ourselves in today. So again, in, in summary of this whole issue, everybody seems to agree that there is a mitzvah midarai set daven because of crisis. And it's explicit like that in the Rambam. Now, what I'd like to do is Go back now to source number one to the Ramban, just to the very end of the first line. So the Ramban told us that there's a mitzvah midaris but he says just the very last word on the first line, source one. So we have to daven. We have a mitzvah to call to Hashem. that we must believe that he listens to our tefillas. and he saves us from these sorrows from his from his crisis by way of our tefillah. What the Ramban has just told us is a very critical point. That the obligation is not simply to daven, but it's to daven with the belief that Hashem hears the tefillah and that he can that the situation can and will be changed based on our tefillahs. What then comes out is that tefillah in general, and certainly tefillah based sorrow in terms of crisis, is not simply a an, an issue of, well, it's a, my knee-jerk reaction. It's my cultural context, how I react to crisis. But it, but it, it speaks to a deep uh, level of faith in Amun and Kosh Baruch Hu, that not only am I just crying out, what else am I supposed to do? But I believe that, 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 that he's hearing this. I believe that this could be successful. This could change the whole outcome of whatever crisis I find myself And says the Safe Recurrent, so it's for Safe Recurrent, is one of the Rishon Rebels of the album. One of the Spanish shown in, in the, I believe, 14th into the 15th century, where Yosef Aldo lays out what he believes are the Ikarian, the fundamentals of faith. Now, he argues on the Rambam not so much in terms of what they are, but mostly in terms of categorization. He has basically three. But he says in source number four, any who want, anyone who believes in the, in the, in the divine providence of the Shkafa, 
part of that belief in Hashem and Hashem's ability to act is the ability in art tefillah. Because says the Sefer Yifar, if you do not dab into Hashem in a time of crisis, so he says, why would that be? Maybe you don't believe in Hashkacha. Maybe you don't believe that Hashem will intervene. But, or maybe you do believe Hashem will intervene. Or maybe you think Hashem is incapable of changing the situation. And says the Savior Karim, either way, that would be absolutely heretical to believe. So what emerges is that the experience of tefillah and, and tefillah-based sorrow is not only a knee-jerk reaction, is not only an obligation, but it's an expression of my emunah. Rav Feinstein has a tshuva here in source number five, <clears throat> where Rav is discussing the obligation of non-Jews to dab it. Do they have an obligation to dab it? Because we know that non-Jews has, has seven mitzvahs, seven mitzvahs they know but none of those is a mitzvah tefillah. So he says in source number five, I will nearly lend this idea. I believe this is more spicy. To who rap lipach he of this fellow, Akshain Lotsurf, Miyuka Lubakesh, Hazy Dover, Avakshmi's fellow, Rakshish Lotsurf, Koshish Lotolo, Shain Lotranasa, who could heal manage. If Inanju wants to dab it because they've got nothing going on in their life, so, okay, maybe. But this promotion. If the non-Jew has some sort of crisis, they have somebody sick, they have a parnasa issue, it's a chi of mamish. It is an absolute obligation for the non-Jew to do that. And says very much, don't ask me, well, it's not listed in the count of the enough. So how can you obligate a non-Jew to do something if it's not listed? So he explains, Misham Iker this is the this is the ikr, this is the, the the one of the greatest manifestations we can have of our moon and Hashem. And non Jew has such an obligation as well, a non Jew's obligation to believe in Hashem, to recognize Hashem. Because of that, Shirakwa and Lois Parnasa Part of that belief is Hashem is the one that ultimately provides the Parnasa, that, that provides the Lafua. and if he, the non Jew, is does not trust in Hashem, and therefore he doesn't doubt it. It's as if he doesn't believe. And it must be he's believing in something else. <clears throat> and therefore, says in Rosh Hashanah, it's obvious, it's a prerequisite to all the Shabbat Mitzvah that the non-Jew must believe in Hashem. And part and parcel of that belief, like the Sefer and Karm told us, is to dab into Hashem. Just parenthetically somewhat, essentially what Rosh Hashanah and what the Sefer and Karm and Rabbana are passing is there's no atheist in fossil. That's a psaq there, there, there can't be an atheist in a voxel. You find yourself in crisis, you turn to Hashem. But what emerges is the idea of tefillah is an expression of an. So if you look in source number six, Rav Leuchter, Rav Ruben Leuchter, in a sefer, I don't, I don't remember if he wrote this sefer himself. Uh, it's written in Hebrew, it's translated into English. In source number six, he writes for the Ramban, and what I'm point, I'm adding that it's not only the Ramban, but even the Ramban priest this. The mitzvah of tefillah is not merely to daven, but also to believe that Hashem will answer us. Tefillah then is a manifestation of a moon of faith, an affirmation of our certainty that Hashem, Hashem answers us. That's what tefillah is. On a superficial level, he points out though, it appears that prayer is not an activity which engenders a moon, and, and that the two are unrelated. A moon is developed by engaging with issues of faith. 
Whereas tefillah is nothing more than the requesting of our needs, which at times will be answered in a way that we feel success, and at times not. We erroneously think that emunah means triumphing over our disappointment where our prayers, where our, when our prayers appear not to have been answered. Sometimes we say, it's such emunah that even though I daven, but it also is going to be good, Hashem has a plan. That's an expression of my emunah against my field. Field didn't work, so I have emunah. However, this is not an accurate description of the relationship between faith and prayer. Indeed, in line with Ramban's definition of the mitzvah, the role of tefillah is in fact to develop and deepen our faith. But it says in there, once we understand, like we saw from the sacred karma, like we saw, like we understand from our Moshe that tefillah is part of our, our immune experience, and it's an expression of, well, our issue, points out with there, is we don't really see that. We see these as two separate spheres of existence. And something they're all to each other. My davening is one thing. If davening doesn't work, I'll have a luna in Hashem that, 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 that is for the best. So we're going to leave today on a little bit of a cliffhanger and and just sit with that question for a second or for a day. And tomorrow what I'd like to do is, is to try and develop an understanding in what way is largely based on, on Luther's uh essay over here, is to, in what way is tefillah an expression and manifestation of our amunah? Does it develop and deepen our amunah? And once we understand that, then what I'd like to get to hopefully on Thursday is practically how can we implement this in our own davening that we're doing, and many of us pouring out tefillah to Rosh Baruch at this time in a, in, a, in a much more practical way. So what I'd like to do just is set the stage of the tefillah based the value of it, the amunah that it has within us, within it for us, how we can tap into it, and then we move on to just, to just practice. Okay, thanks everyone for being here. Same time, same place tomorrow. We'll look forward to seeing you.